Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better-than-okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today we're going to talk about mindfulness like I promised last week. What is it? How to do it? Why even bother? Let's go. Mindfulness. What is it? Well, in short, mindfulness is learning how to pay attention to your life, to your mind, to your emotions, to your environment. And the reason why we have to learn how to pay attention is because, as I'm sure you're well aware, our minds are all over the place. The majority of the time, I'm planning something or I'm worrying about something that could be worrying about what might happen, hello anxiety, or it could be worrying about what already happened, replaying that awkward social encounter of which I have many. My mind is just repeating it. Oh my God, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Could I possibly be any weirder? Our minds are always doing this back and forth here and there, and we're almost never in the present moment. And the reason why that's a problem is the present moment is where the magic happens. At the risk of sounding cheesy, love is in the present moment. Joy is in the present moment. Creativity and happiness, being alive, more importantly, feeling alive. All of that only happens in the present moment, which sounds amazing. So you're probably like, why in the world aren't we in the present moment all of the time? If it's so flippin' wonderful, Corey, why don't we just naturally rest in the present moment? The answer to that, at least as far as I've been able to discern, and I am no mindfulness master here, but the reason why we struggle is because we have a natural discomfort with the present moment. And the reason why the present moment is so uncomfortable is because that's where our emotions are. That's where our bodies are. That's where our experiences are, for better or for worse. And for some of us, our bodies and emotions are painful, they're unpleasant. And even if they weren't, the present moment can be a little dull, a little boring. It's slow, and we like speed. It's imperfect, and we like perfection. It's reality, basically, when we prefer the fantasy or the ideal. So we're not naturally satisfied with the present moment, unless we learn how to deprogram ourselves of some of these expectations and expand our tolerance for this discomfort of the present moment. Mindfulness is learning how to stay in the present moment for longer and longer periods of time, more and more often in spite of our natural discomfort with said present moment. But why even bother becoming mindful? I have already touched on this a bit in the earlier episodes. I would not have been able to make it this far and not talk about mindfulness, considering how much my personal tactics for healing include mindfulness practices. But specifically, I talked about it in the meditation episode, episode 2, and also in episode 22 when I outlined how it's a wonderful form of mental rest, being mindful. Not to mention that we can use mindfulness to ventilate our strong emotions rather than be overpowered by them. But apart from what I went over before in those particular instances, there's still plenty to say. 
For example, there have been clinical trials that studied the benefits of mindfulness. Mayo Clinic says that there is evidence to support that mindfulness practices like meditation are effective in reducing stress, anxiety, pain, depression, insomnia, high blood pressure. And there's even some evidence that it can help with things like asthma and fibromyalgia. It improves our attention spans. And I don't know about you, but I am hella squirrely. So the attention span increase alone should be enough for me to sign up for mindfulness practices. But there's more. It also improves sleep, decreases our chances of burnout, helps to reestablish that mind-body connection. But all of those benefits are mostly medical since Mayo Clinic is a hospital. But mindfulness also has wonderful emotional and spiritual benefits. Personally, meditating has improved my mental clarity. It slows down my day a lot, helps me to not feel so rushed. I am kinder and more compassionate since I've started my mindfulness practices and definitely more patient. Mindfulness has been a significant source of my education in patience. So it benefits you, certainly, to practice mindfulness. It improves the quality of your life and the condition of your mind, but it also benefits other people. If you're prone to anger like I am, and you develop enough mindfulness to realize that you're about to go off on somebody and you can catch yourself before you do, then you're stopping a whole chain reaction. Instead of flying off the handle, screaming at someone, hurting their feelings, damaging your relationship, probably damaging your own feelings too, working yourself up into a fury, ruining your blood pressure, sending it through the roof, raining on your whole day because you know you're just going to keep thinking about what happened long after the encounter ends. All of that can be avoided just because you were mindful enough to notice, hey, I'm getting really worked up about this. Hey, this person is pissing me off. And if I don't step away right now, maybe excuse myself to go to the bathroom or something. This might get ugly really quick. So learning to be mindful helps us to navigate these tense moments because people without mindfulness usually react. They don't act, they react. And I want to live a life where I have the power to act, to choose my outcomes in as many situations as possible. And maybe that's just the control freak in me, but I don't want to be in the passenger seat white-knuckling it while my anger or fear or God knows what is driving the car. And mindfulness helps me to strengthen and develop that control. So how do we practice mindfulness? Sure, it's a wonderful essential tool for our life toolbox. It has lots of benefits, but how do we do it? Well, first I want to clarify that yes, meditation is a mindfulness practice, and you can listen to my top three meditation recommendations in episode two. But meditation is not the only mindfulness practice. There are so many others that are helpful and even easier to approach. So if meditation is giving you a hard time, consider starting with one of these other options. There is walking meditation, for example. I like to do this outside on long walks, like a couple of miles, but I know walking meditators who only need about 15 feet to do this. So don't get hung up on the distance, just focus on the walking itself. So remember what I said at the beginning of the episode, that mindfulness is learning how to pay attention. Well, in this instance of walking meditation, it's paying attention to your walking. How does your body feel as you try to balance between steps? How does it feel when you put one foot down and pick it up again? Take slow rolling steps. Really feel the full contact of your foot from heel to toe as it connects with the ground before lifting it up again. What muscles do you use in your stomach, in your legs, in your glutes when you go to lift your leg? Can you feel them contract? The idea here is to just move slowly mindfully and take in every sensation as much as you can. 
There's also the body scan exercise, which I use when my anxiety is really high and I need to ground myself with a quickness. Bonus if I can do it outside, lying on the ground, but even if I can't, what I do is I lie down on my back, legs stretched out long, arms relaxed at my side, palms up as if to receive, as we say in yoga, and then I'm focusing my attention on each part of my body one at a time, scanning from my toes up to my head. So I just focus on a toe, on my foot, on my ankle, my leg, the back of my knee. I just keep going up one body part at a time, noticing if there's any sensations in the muscles or in the skin. Can I feel my pulse? I could also be paying attention to my breath. Sometimes I'll put one hand on my belly and one on my chest and just feel my chest rise and fall. But any physical sensations or thoughts that are coming up, I just note those too. And then if I'm really tense, I might throw in a progressive relaxation technique, which is the same thing, but basically as I turn my attention to a body part, I also consciously try to clench and release it, relieving any tension that might be in that part of my body. Yoga too is a mindfulness activity, especially if you're paying attention to your breath while you do it, focusing on the sensations in your muscles when you're in postures, how you're moving, all very mindful. Especially if you're doing more of a slow meditative yoga and you're not just like running through the posture, slamming your body around. (laughs) But if you want something even easier than all of that, if you don't want to have to worry about, you know, lying down or finding a cushion or getting a yoga mat, if you just want to boom straight into a mindfulness practice, you could try mindful breathing. Mindful breathing can be done at any time. It doesn't have to be a formal activity. Just any moment in your day, whenever you think about it, stop and pay attention to your breath. You can feel your chest rise and fall. You can feel the air moving through your nose, down the back of your throat. Or in addition to mindful breathing, there's mindful listening. Same situation as the breath, but instead of focusing on the breath, you're focusing on the noises in your environment. If I'm doing this outside, for example, maybe I hear birdsong or I hear a dog barking in the distance, or perhaps I hear someone talking. The point is, is just to pay attention to my environment using different sounds as my focal point. And you don't have to use sound, you can also use objects. Focus your attention on an object, a flower, a cloud, the blue sky, a bug, it really does not matter. All that's important is that you do not do anything but pay attention to your object for a moment or two. One minute, two minutes, five minutes, however long you've got. Just look at it as if you've never seen it before and try to take in every detail every imperfection, every attribute. Just log it all in your mind as if you were an alien and you were going to have to report back to your colony what this object was like. And as creepy as it sounds, I also like looking at my hands. Something about staring at my hands makes me feel very present. Or sometimes I might slowly rub them together just to feel the sort of friction or warmth between my palms. It's very good at anchoring me in the here and now. So breathing and birdsong, that sound, focusing on the environment, on your hands, that's visual. But you can also use touch to explore mindfulness. Try completely tuning into something the moment you touch it. Your hand on a doorknob, when you're washing the dishes, when water flows over your skin. A really soft dog or a cat, which they will love, by the way. Anything that just brings you back into your body and allows you to connect with a sensation as a grounding experience. So no matter how formal or informal your meditation practice is, whether you do it sporadically throughout your day or you make a point to sit down on a cushion or a block or a yoga mat and do it, it does not matter. 
It's more important that we just learn how to pay attention to these moments in our life, to be present for them, to try to experience the moments without judgment, because most of us have opinions about everything. This is good, this is bad, this is stupid, this is great, I'm doing everything right, I'm not doing anything right. So try not to judge anything when you're practicing mindfulness, be it meditation or another technique. Don't be like, oh, this is terrible, I'm an awful meditator. Just fully accept whatever emotions and experiences come up for you. And be patient. Be patient with the inherent slowness of your mindfulness. And also be patient with the fact that your mind is going to be running all over the place. And some days it's going to feel like you're trying to calm a stampeding elephant. And the truth is, you'd probably have better luck with the elephant than with your mind. But try not to judge. Try to be patient. Try to have an open mind. Pretend that you've never heard whatever you're hearing. That you've never seen whatever you're seeing. It's all fresh. It's all brand new. You've got no opinions about it yet. No expectations. And you might just surprise yourself if you come at it with this beginner's mind. You might spark some joy while you're at it. And if something does come up when you're trying to be mindful, whether it's thoughts or an idea or, oh my gosh, what am I going to have for dinner? Just let it go. Relax the body. Relax the mind. Return to your point of focus. Do this about 10,000 times in your three-minute gazing at your hands experience and you will be golden because that is the point is just to continually to train ourselves to keep coming back, to keep letting go, to keep relaxing into this strange, bizarre experience known as life. Okay, so let's end here for today. As always, I hope you found something of value in this episode. And I want to thank you so much for listening. And I will be back next week with more of the show. But until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.